This episode is supported by Army Reserve Officers Training Corps, the college elective for undergraduate and graduate students that provides leadership training for success in any career field. If you have a passion for it, you can find a place to fit in the Army as an officer and get the training you need to turn that passion into a career. It offers merit-based scholarships that can pay up to the full cost of tuition and open educational opportunities. Whether you are in high school, college, or already in the Army, are you ready to become a leader? Enroll now! To receive more information about the Army ROTC program, visit goarmy.com podcast. This is Data Science at Home, the podcast that makes machine learning and artificial intelligence easy for everyone. Here's your host, Francesco Garaletta. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Data Science at Home, the podcast that makes machine learning easy for everyone. In uh, this episode, I am going to continue that discussion that we had in the from the previous episode about uh, dataset shift and the reason why uh, you know things change quite can change quite consistently from training to testing, and uh, model users can be kind of surprised whenever they want to perform some prediction in a testing data set that does not follow the same statistical properties or doesn't have the same statistical characteristics of the um, training data. And uh, so this is extremely important for um, any data scientist to um, understand if there is this kind of you know discrepancy between these two uh, test uh, these two data sets um, from training and testing there must be uh, you know this um, independent and identical distribution property uh, between the two data sets otherwise machine learning models will start you know diverging from the ideal accuracy they showed during model training. In uh, this episode, I'm going to uh, go through uh, a very basic concept uh, that distinguishes uh, training datasets uh, from validation datasets and from testing datasets due to the fact that many times, especially in industry, I've heard a number of times that people use these terms kind of interchangeably. And um, uh, sometimes, you know, this uh, blurred difference or, well, not very defined uh, difference between uh, validation and testing, for example, is um, something that can lead to uh, misunderstandings and, of course, miscalculations. Now, most of the machine learning models that are trained and deployed today is initially fit on the training dataset. We all know this. So such a dataset consists of a set of examples, usually labeled in the case of supervised learning, uh, that is used to fit model parameters. For example, uh, the regression coefficients for a linear regression or a logistic regression, or even the weights of a, of a neural network. Now, such examples are usually provided in the form of pairs, uh, input target, where both the input and the target can be vectors or scalars. What the fitting function basically does is finding the best model parameters that minimize the loss function or the differences between the predicted and the true target values of the training dataset. Uh, if you want a more detailed explanation of uh, optimization, for example, in deep learning, but the concepts also apply to other algorithms in machine learning, you can have a look at uh, two posts, but also two podcast episodes. Uh, one is how to master optimization in deep learning, and the other is additional optimization strategies for deep learning. 
While there are no doubts about the role of the training dataset, uh, for the testing and validation datasets it is a completely different story. Except for very few cases in which the training dataset fully describes the phenomenon to perform predictions about, a model that has been fitted on the training dataset is not yet ready to be deployed in the real world. This happens very, very rarely. It is usually biased and incomplete. After all, the training dataset is just a snapshot of what might really happen in the real world. So if the training dataset covered all the possible scenarios and described the physical phenomenon in a complete way, of course, there would be no reason to validate the model any farther. Unfortunately, that is only an ideal case. As large as the, a training dataset can be, it will never describe a physical phenomenon in its entirety, unless, of course, such a phenomenon is a very simple one, or, for example, a closed system. So, what is the validation dataset for? Well, the role of the validation dataset is to regularize the model during training. The well-known rule of thumb of uh, choosing a 80-20% split, this comes from Pareto, uh, provides exactly this. That is, 80% of the initial training data will be used for training the model, that is, fitting the parameters, and the remaining 20% is used to validate such parameters. Now, such an approach has been used for many years already as a sentinel against overfitting. Uh, in fact, as soon as the validation error increases, one should stop training the model. So what really happens in this scenario is that the model is being trained so much that it performs well only on the training data and does not generalize on data that are even slightly different from the, from the training dataset. So an overfitted function is one that wants to cover all the possible examples in the training dataset, becoming extremely complicated function in order to describe all these points and unfortunately only such examples. If these examples slightly change and you know that's that that is expected in a, in a migration between training and testing or training and validation dataset, if this data point slightly change, well we'll see that this function that perfectly interpolates through all these points start uh, diverging from you know start in increasing the error and accumulating error uh, and that's a clear sign that the function is basically performing in an excellent with excellent accuracy on uh, only on that specific dataset so what is the testing dataset for well the data scientist who implemented and trained the model usually has no access to this dataset for a simple reason most of the time, this dataset is not labeled, and it is of course useless for the task of supervised training. Now, a test dataset is indeed a special dataset in the sense that it must be independent of the training dataset, but it also has to follow the same statistical distribution. And this is something that we said in the previous episode, pay attention to the distribution of the covariate, uh, covariates from the testing and training set because we might be facing the super famous simple covariate shift which is that subtle problem of having covariates uh, a different distribution between uh, training and testing. As mentioned, there is no machine learning model that will generalize over all the possible scenarios of a physical phenomenon. Even complex models like multi-layer neural networks perform with an accuracy that is comparable to the one reached during training. 
as long as the unseen samples are statistically similar to the training dataset. Uh, this is one of the you know, most simple reasons why, uh, in my opinion, it would be unlikely to have a universal, intelligent, artificial brain that can tackle and solve any problem in the universe. Rather, a set of very specialized neural networks would be you know, more plausible to me, at least in the near future. So as complicated or magical as they sound, neural networks are nothing more than function approximation objects. And where the function, of course, might be very high dimensional, very complicated, but still a mathematically well-defined function. So what happens when we are facing private models? That is, models where there is no access to the training data, nor it would be possible to assess if, for example, the training validation split was performed according to the 80-20 rule of thumb or whatever, or, or as claimed by whoever trained, trained the model. Well, even in the case of private machine learning, model testing is still a necessity to detect potential biases, during training and validation. And since the model is trained in completely private and isolated fashion, how can one test it? Well, the shortest answer, and unfortunately this is quite a, a bummer, is that it simply can't. In fact, one can only trust that a model was correctly and privately trained on high-quality data that are also private and not accessible. But if one takes into account the statistical properties of the training and testing data, we can provide basically an additional, even though not sufficient, guarantee about the model in the training and the testing dataset. So a model can in fact be probed with validation data as long as it is statistically similar to the training dataset. Now, specifically in the FitChain platform, which is a platform that allows uh, data scientists to write machine learning models on top of data that they cannot see, they, they don't have access to, every machine learning model is provided together with the template of the data that has been used to feed that model during a model training or parameter fitting. So in such a template, of course, we report the statistical distributions, and not the original data, of all numeric features for all the covariates. So basically, we describe in a quite fine uh, way all the statistical properties of all the covariates of the data, uh, which means that we provide, for example, the statistical distribution and the parameter of this statistical distribution in order to, you know, make an estimate of, okay, I have column one that is following a, a Poisson, I have a column two that is following a, a normal distribution and a, a Y-bull and an exponential and you name it. So the testing data set that would potentially assess the reliability or the accuracy of the model that has been trained in a private fashion on private data. And so in the case of known labels, I can uh, verify, I can, I can measure the accuracy of the model on, uh, on uh, samples that the model has never seen before, uh, or for which a new label would be predicted in case of unknown labels. In all these cases, the testing dataset must be independent and identically distributed with the training data. This is what we said already. So if that were not the case, the model would be expected, actually should be expected 
to mispredict unseen samples and perform with an accuracy that is definitely lower than the one declared during training. Because we would be uh, in front of a simple, you know, the typical example of the simple covariate shift. There are several ways to measure uh, how a, a sample is diverging from a known distribution. Uh, there are, for example, kullback leber divergence and many statistical tasks that allow one to assess via p-values or via Bayesian statistics how distant a specific sample is from a certain statistical distribution. Uh, we do that empirically uh, by uh, basically observing the claims that the data provider, and so we trust the, the claims of this data provider about the statistical properties of the data that have been used to feed that specific model. Now, if one wants to challenge that model and say, you are telling me that this model has uh, is performing with 95% accuracy, Great, let me check that. Well, if someone wants to check that, of course, the, the only requirement is the testing data set is going to check the model with should follow the same statistical distribution of the training uh, data, which is provided as a claim together with the model. And so, you know, it becomes doable to check these things. Now, of course, uh, in the real world, people might be lying and might be providing false claims about, uh, you know, the statistical properties of data uh, they they feed the model with. And if that's the case, of course, uh, well, one some someone is, for example, declaring I trained this model with a, a training data set that is uh, distributed as, a, let's say, uh, a Gaussian distribution with a certain mean and certain standard deviation. Okay, fine. Now, let's assume that's, that's a false claim. Well, what happens on the other side is that whoever is challenging that model will follow that claim, will challenge the model with data that are distributed with uh, this Gaussian distribution with that mean and that standard deviation, and the model will not work. And so we can find out eventually that either the claim was false or the data was just of low quality. And so that, in my opinion, is one of the few ways to assess the capabilities and the accuracies of a model that has been trained in complete private fashion on private data, especially due to the fact that whoever owns the data and trains the model basically controls the entire data science workflow. And so there would be no way for anyone except by challenging the model after training. So it's kind of a post-training validation in order to assess the, the real accuracy of that model. Philosophically, I think that if an instrument is uh, declared or is claimed to provide a prediction, for example, for a certain uh, disease, let's say diabetes. So if it's a a machine learning model that predicts the risk of such a disease, I would consider it as a medical device, right? So a medical device, as any device, should perform a measure, a measure under certain conditions. And, uh, and of course, we have to respect these conditions in order to have, a, for example, a, a, a minimal error or the error declared by the manufacturer who says, hey, you should use this device within, uh, let's say, two, Celsius, two degrees Celsius and uh, maximum 80% uh, humidity because otherwise, you know, the, the device uh, is going to, to misbehave, right? So, well, I think that should be applied also to machine learning models. So whoever trains the model, 
model and provides the model should also provide the characteristics of the data and also the conditions that are required from the other side whenever one wants to uh, challenge or use that model. This episode is supported by Logianalytics.com. Are you planning to update the dashboards and reports in your application? Lots of business intelligence vendors claim their software is best, but they can't all be winners. Logi Analytics is offering five reports from analysts like Gartner and Dresner, comparing 26 BI vendors. Get help focusing your evaluation, prioritizing features, and determining what solution fits your tech stack. Visit logianalytics.com slash data science to claim your free reports. That's L-O-G-I analytics.com slash data science. This was Data Science at Home, the podcast that makes machine learning and artificial intelligence easy for everyone. If you like the show, don't forget to write a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podbean. You can also find us on datascienceathome.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter and get the latest updates. Thanks for listening.